it's Chanel. Welcome back. So, hey, I know it's been a really long time since my last episode. And let me just say a lot has transpired since then. So I'm going to just uh, skip the intro and just head right in. Okay, guys. So again, this is Chanel. I'm single. Totally okay with that. And I'm going to tell you today why. I'm going to tell you today why. Today, I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Okay. How do I put this super quick, but without losing all the important information? All right. So, my ex and I, we met in 2008. And it was super cool. Super cool. But, uh... Something, something happened right around, uh, 2011, 2011, things just started getting just kind of ridiculous and it started financially. It all started with finances. Um, I, myself, I'm a spender. I, I definitely spend my money. Um, I'm not a saver, but I'm also one of those types of people that like takes care of their important stuff first. You know, like I, I typically try to pay the bills first. Like as long as those are paid, then it's like, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm not saying I was good with money. <laughs> I've never said that. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I, I try to pay my bills first. And then, yes, I spend my money on just like, Dumb things, you know, makeup, wigs, clothes, shoes, handbags. Those are things I like, okay? I love getting my hair done. I love makeup. I love getting my nails done. Like, you don't even understand. You don't understand. I love my claws. So, yes, I spend money, but that's also why I've always had a job. Like, literally, the whole point of me getting a job at 17 years old before I had, you know, multiple children, I only had the one at the time, you know, I could afford to keep him in his cute little baby clothes and keep me in my little clothes because I was in sales at the time. So I was making okay money. And it's like, you know, it was all right. It was all right. I lived with my parents. I'm 17. Okay. So it's like 17 years old doing telemarketing. So yeah, I was making okay money. So I got used to living a certain lifestyle that I gave myself, okay? So therefore, like anyone that I'm with needs to understand that whether I'm with you or not, these are the things that I need in my life that keep me happy. This was a conversation that my ex and I had on our first date. And let me, and the reason why. Some people are probably already like, what the fuck? What kind of first date kind of shit y'all talking about? Well, when we met, I was 27. 27, two kids, no debt. I was moving back to California from Arizona and I had nothing but free time. So when we met, I needed him to understand I'm bougie. 
I like certain things. I like a certain type of lifestyle. That's just how I am. Well, things were fine at first until he was no longer in the military. And then he like was unemployed for a whole year. He was living with me at the time in my apartment, not his apartment, my apartment that was in my name for me and my kids that I got when I moved from California, when I moved to California, excuse me. Now, nothing's inherently wrong with that. Nothing. It's just understand we got through that year because I loved you. I could have kicked you out, been like, hey, bruh, (laughs) you no longer have any of the shit that you had when we first got together. You cramping my style because indeed it was cramping my style because he also came with children. So basically my place became his place and his kid's place. And I was paying their medical bills because I had Uh, when I did start working, I had um, medical insurance and I put them on my insurance because he was out of work. See, so I'm paying for everything, you know, and fine, whatever. We're in a relationship. Okay, fine. But later in life, when I needed that same in return, when I hit a major depression, because I do suffer from major depressive disorder, So when it hits, it hits and it's not a joke. Like I basically am not functional at all. Not functional, non-functional. I'm going to say that one more time, non-functional. He tried in the beginning, but he kept trying to force me to do things that actually make depression worse. (laughs) So like, Forcing me to be happy, forcing me to be around people, forcing me to ignore the problem, to try to see the brighter side. And that doesn't help. Now, that's just the financial and the give and take of our relationship was breaking down by 2011. By 2015, we were purchasing a house. 2015, we were completely in debt, completely in debt, credit card debt, two vehicles, all kinds of debt, but let's buy a house. I don't think this is a good idea, but because whatever he wants, whatever he wants, because I am, when we're in a relationship, it's, it's, it's obligation. It's give and take, give and take, give and take. And I kept waiting for my turn. He kept saying, once I make enough money and we're in a house, then you can be a stay-at-home mom. All this work that you've put in is going to pay off. So you can just manage the household. That never came to pass. I kept asking when was going to be my turn. We could never afford it. We fell more and more into debt. House went into foreclosure. There were more things to this, but there's no way I'm going to be able to spill the tea on everything that happened. But I had the worst reaction. Everything that went bad was worse because of my depression. I'm not using my depression as an excuse, but 
when people think of how you react to what happens in your life, if you're a person who does not have depression, your reaction is going to be significantly different than someone who does have depression. Your reaction is going to be different from someone who has ADHD. Your It's going to be different from someone who suffers from anxiety. It's going to be different from any of these people who have um, neuro differences. Anyone who is different with their brain chemistry is going to have a different reaction than someone who has a normal brain chemistry. Okay. And it's super frustrating when people treat us like we're supposed to be normal. Number one, fuck normal. (laughs) I'm not even sure that's a thing that exists, but two, how dare you? How dare you have the audacity to ask me to be normal when you know for damn fact, I'm not normal. So you're rude. That's like telling me, to be purple when you know there's no way I can physically change my skin tone from being brown to purple. You know that. So yes, I'm just going to change my brain and how it works. Yes, absolutely. Can I take steps to, to for coping? Absolutely. Absolutely. But coping is how you react to your reaction. You can pre-cope. Pre-coping is setting yourself up for how you're going to react. (laughs) So it's all reaction based. It's all saying, hey, you know what? We're probably not going to take this so well. So here's some things that we could probably do to set us up for a better reaction. Or that's pre-coping. Or if you didn't pre-cope, here's some steps that you can now take now that you're already freaking out deep breaths, take a walk, do this, do that. Okay. Yeah. But those are all things that we're going to do when you already have the problem. Okay. So we weren't meshing no longer because everything in our lives was a fight. Everything, my depression, uh, the Trayvon Martin case was an issue. All things racial were an issue. Trump was an issue. Motorcycle clubs are an issue. There were so many things that came into our life that made the initial issue worse. The main, main issue from the very, very beginning was financial. It was always financial. We never resolved that issue to this day, still not resolved. I myself am getting very close to seeing a resolve. I have put myself back into a position where I was when I was 27. I'm in my own place, have my own car. I am on assistance. I'm not going to lie about it, but that's because I have children and I have a car and I have an apartment that I couldn't afford in the first place because all these things were accumulated when I had a partner. (laughs) So I'm doing my best. But my point is that, you know, I'm out there, I'm looking for jobs, I'm doing what I need to do. Hell, I'm on welfare. I don't give a damn. I'll do anything 
that it fucking takes to make sure that I have a roof over my head, a roof over my children's head, food in their bellies, and clothes on their back. Always family first. So yes, my my downfall was putting my family first, regardless of whether my husband was actually still in love with me or not. And it didn't matter. I rode that ride till the motherfucking end, till the goddamn wheels fell off, because that's what I do. If I'm a ride with you, I'm a ride with you. And my kids are my real motherfucking ride or dies. They ain't going nowhere. And I'm not going anywhere to them. So I'm always going to choose my family. But the day that my ex decided to no longer choose family, that's when we couldn't. And that was in December 2019. In December 2019, he had an affair. He was no longer happy. So he left the family. That's why I'm single. Um, did I have a hand in it? Probably. Probably. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not a fucking angel. I am a bitch. I'm mean. And I'm only nice to people I fucking like. So if I don't like you, guess what? You, I, I'm, I'm probably either don't talk to you or I don't fuck with you because I can be civil just because I don't like you. I don't have to necessarily be an asshole to you. It's just, you're not important. That's not a great thing to say on a podcast. I get it. I get it. I get it. I hear you. But what I'm saying is that the day that he decided to leave, that's when he no longer mattered. What matters to me now is my family. He's on his own. Whatever he's doing is his business. I'm not even mad at him anymore because what? It's 2022 now. That first year, hell yeah, I was angry. I'm trying to, you don't even know. I tried to kill this man. I'll tell you that story. (laughs) Not today though. Not today. I will tell you the story. Today is just simply explaining why I'm single. And so anyone who's listening to that first story about the trip to Big Bear probably wondering why are you going on a trip to big bear with him if you don't look man because he's still the father of my child i'll always keep trying to be friends because ultimately it's not about us anymore it's about our kids so yes i did go to big bear with him because i was trying to just you know still do family stuff because it helps it's good for our son It's good for our son. Our son still wants to do things with both of us at the same time sometimes. And I'm okay with that. I'm totally fine with that. Just don't be disrespectful while we're doing it. So if you go back and you listen to the Big Bear trip, you'll see this disrespectful ass motherfucker. (laughs) But, But that's why we are where we are. And that's, that's why it took me a while to come back and, record this because that's pretty much where we're at right now he's doing his thing i'm doing mine that's 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 pretty much it it's pretty much it he's he's uh 
on his own and I'm on my own. It's weird and it's hard and it makes me cry. And some days I'm really, really, really sad and I just can't do anything. I can't even get out of bed because I'm just sad. Not sad that I want him back, but I'm sad because my son misses his dad. My other son misses his stepdad. They were super close. They were super, super close. He started raising him at 14. He was the only man my son ever called dad. And to lose that, it's devastating. So that first, that first year was hard. I was completely non-functional and it took me, it took me a while to get out of that. It did. It really did. And, you know, with help from my support system, a lot of, uh, outpatient therapy, some inpatient therapy, and a lot of group therapy is getting me to where I am now. And let me tell you, um, when you go from being completely non-functional where you can't even get out of bed for days out of time, you're not showering, you're not eating, and you lose 20 pounds just from not caring about your overall well-being because you'd rather die than be without someone in your life that was that was the hardest thing i ever had to pull myself out of so that's why i'm single because i i cannot i cannot go back to being with someone after taking two years to get some semblance of myself back I definitely need to take some time to just be by myself. And yeah, while the dating pool is hilarious and I get to feed you these hilarious Tinder stories, it's it's all out of fun. I am not looking to get married right now. I'm not trying to have any type of pressure on me. No pressure. The only pressure I'm allowing right now is myself. And the only pressure I'm putting on myself right now is to be better. Be better than I was yesterday. That's it. That's it. Only competition right now is me. Only person I'm really trying to get hella close to and be in a relationship with is me. I'm down for me. I'm supporting me. I'm loving me. (laughs) I have to be all about me right now because I'm single. Who else is going to be about me? But also I forgot to, to be me and to keep fighting for me. Remember in the beginning of this whole conversation was about how bougie I was. Well, guess what? You can't be bougie when your house is in foreclosure. So my hair dyed. My skin was disgusting. My lips stayed on chapped. I didn't feel my best. I got fat because I didn't feel my best. I felt 
ugly. So I was not attractive even to myself. So when you get broken down, whether you did it, someone else did it. Once you get broken down, the only way you can come back is to build yourself up. You can do it by letting someone else do it. You can, you can, but as soon as they pull a block out, your whole shit's going to come crashing down again. You got to hold it together for you. If you're bougie and you like the shit that you like, well, guess what? Those things aren't going to be as important to your partner as they are to you. So that's the shit you just got to still keep doing for yourself, regardless of whether that person wants to or not. When I wasn't feeling pretty to myself, guess what? He stopped being attracted to. Though he wouldn't tell me, but that's the whole point why he had the damn affair in the first place. So because I was feeling a certain way and he jumped in on it, he was like, oh, well, you know, oh, well, you can't pull yourself out. So I guess, <laughs> no, okay. I don't know if that's what he was really thinking, but that's why I'm saying, did I have a role to play? Yes, I did. Yes. But I can only be responsible for my part. That doesn't excuse him still having an affair. It does not excuse him for piecing out because he couldn't deal with my mental health. But I am taking accountability for my part. For my part. I started to not feel good and I kept rolling with the program anyway. When I wasn't feeling right, when the money wasn't right, when I wasn't feeling right about myself, when I started letting him not let me feel right about myself, that's when I should have cut, cut up, cut and run. That's when I should have said, fuck this shit. Fuck it. You're letting me die. You're letting, you're just actively letting me die because you don't give a fuck no more. You don't even give a fuck no more. I stopped giving a fuck. You don't give a fuck. So we're all just going to let me die. Well, I'll just let me die because nobody fucking cares. That's when I should have fucking left. I should have left when he disagreed about the fucking Trayvon Martin case because that was just weird. When you're telling me that old boy Zimmerman or however you say his name was right by following him around because he did look suspicious. Like, okay. That's a whole nother story, you guys. This is why I'm saying this is why I'm starting this podcast, man, because I have too many stories for y'all. Too many stories that are just weird in my fucking life that make no sense. But yet I keep still rocking with these people. So ultimately, yes, it came down to me because I became so codependent and so uh, 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 dependent on this person's love codependent that I didn't want to leave because I didn't want him to be mad at me. I didn't want him to stop loving me, but guess what? He already did. But because I was afraid of losing love and I was afraid of starting over, I stayed. 
in a situation. So lessons learned. Lessons learned, y'all. And I apologize. Maybe this wasn't as funny as a as an episode today, but I just wanted to let you guys know why I'm single. And I will get into more details of why I've been gone because those will be in the form of these little stories I tell you. <laughs> so I'll be I'll be catching up and I'll be letting you guys know for sure, for sure. But if anyone ever asks why I'm single, it's because I was once married to a wonderful man that I didn't know. That's all. <laughs> That is all. Um, so yeah, you guys be blessed. I love you. Thanks for listening. Do the things and all the things. And I love you and I love you and I love you. And I'll be back. Bye.